Hello, Grimlings, and welcome to episode 18 of a Grim Podcast. I'm Sylvie. Many times we mustn't, as the saying goes, judge a book by its cover. It's easy to be misled by first impressions and to think someone or something is one thing, but in reality it's completely different. The first of these stories will be an Indonesian fable called The Woodcarver's Love. Then the story Princess Flowerpot, a Japanese tale, will bring us into a world of a prince who meets a little young girl cursed by an angel. Or that's what she thinks. So, without further ado, let's start reading. King Simbao, the king of the island of Simbao in the Sulawesi Sea, had a beautiful daughter. Her name was Sangyang Mapel. The princess was not only beautiful, but she was also wise and kind. Three princes from neighboring islands had proposed marriage to her. Many rich merchants also wished to marry the princess. Her father, the king, was confused. Who should be his daughter's husband? The king wanted to choose the best husband for his daughter, but how would he do this? He decided he would choose whoever loved the princess most. King Simbao then announced a contest. Whoever, nobleman or commoner, presented Princess Sangyang Mapel with the most valuable gift as a sign of his love would marry the princess. The announcement of the contest was spread far and wide throughout the island and the neighboring islands as well. Commoners did not dare to enter the contest. Who amongst them had anything of value for the king's daughter? But Takatu Liang, a poor woodsman, decided to try. For many years, he had harbored a love for the princess deep in his heart. Now was his chance to express that love that had remained hidden for so long. Takatu Liang thought very long and hard. Finally, he went far into the forest. There, he chose a tree of the finest grain and cut it down. For days, he labored without tiring, not even going home at night. After several days, his elderly mother went in search of him in the forest. When she found him hunched over his work, she wiped the sweat from her son's brow and asked, Takatuliang, Takatuliang, what are you doing in this forest that is so important that you forgot to come home? Takatuliang answered, I am working, mother, for the king's daughter. The next day, his mother returned to the forest and again asked, Takatuliang, Takatuliang, what are you doing that is more important than returning home? Takatuliang answered, I am working, mother, to prove my love. His mother was shocked to hear this. Now she knew that he intended to propose marriage to the princess. Her heart ached. Takatuliang, oh Takatuliang, child of my heart, come to your senses, my son. All you have is the skin on your bones. Takatuliang said, that is why I'm working. I'm creating proof of my true love. The next day, his mother returned again. She watched her son as he bent over the piece of wood, shaping it carefully. His face was calm and focused on his work. Pearls of sweat formed on his forehead. Again, she spoke to him gently. Takatuliang, you are breaking my heart. You are not in your right mind. Stop dreaming. You cannot win the princess. Your rank is so low and hers is so high. Surely you will be scorned. Takatuliang answered again. Oh, mother, suffering is only for those who do not exert any effort, for those who deny their God-given gifts. I have energy. I have talent. I have dreams, and I have a love that can even change the fate of the man. His mother was silent. She realized that Takatuliang was determined. The only thing that, could, that she could do was pray to God to protect her son. Takatuliang smiled as he watched his mother. He rose to wipe the tears from her cheeks, then he guided her out of the dense forest. The young man continued to shape the piece of wood into a simple doll. He carved the eye sockets, the nose, the delicate lips. He carved intricate designs to represent fine clothes. 
He searched the forest for two small dry seeds for the eyes and colored the lips with a dye made from bright red kasumba plant. When, only when the doll was finished did Takatuliang go home. At home, Takatuliang pondered over the doll. It was far from perfect. He wondered whether the princess would accept a wooden doll with no hair or clothes. Surely she would laugh at the simple doll and its maker. Takatuliang then took an old piece of woven cloth, the only thing he had which belonged to his dead father, and he sewed it into a dress for the doll. Then he cut his own beautiful wavy hair. Using wood resin, he glued it strand by strand to the doll's head. Now the doll was absolutely perfect. On the day of the contest, all the princess's suitors gathered before the king and the beautiful princess. The three princes, resplendent in their fancy jackets, sat in front. The wealthy merchants, displaying their riches, sat behind them. Only Takatuliang in his simple rags sat far at the back, holding his wooden doll. The first and most handsome suitor, the prince of the island of Tatalu, approached the throne. He said proudly, Dear princess, this is the proof of my love, a comb carved of ivory and inset with sparkling opals. Princess Sangyang Mapel examined the comb and asked, How many combs like this do you own? Oh, very many, princess. I have ten chests full of them. Then the princess turned to the second tutor and asked, And you, sir, what is your proof of love? The prince of Darua Island spoke proudly, This cloth of exquisite pure silk is proof of my love. Princess Sangyang Mabel asked him, How many pieces of silk do you like this do you have? The prince answered, Oh, very many, cloths and closets full. It was then the third prince's turn. He, the prince of Epa Island, presented her with a stunning necklace of gold and diamonds. Princess Sangyang Mabel asked him, And how many necklaces do like this do you have? The prince answered, Oh, very many. I have five boxes jam-packed with them. Following the presentations of these fine gifts by the three princes, the rich merchants then had their chance to show their offerings to the princess. Finally, it was Takatuliang's turn. He crept forward reluctantly. Princess Sangyang Mapel saw him and asked, What have you brought as proof of your love for me? Bowing his head low, Takatuliang spoke softly. I only bring a doll. How many dolls like this do you have? asked the princess. Takatuliang whispered, Only this one. I carved it from a tree in the forest. I decorated it with my own hair. I wrapped it in my father's cloth. If I had more hair and cloth, then I would surely make more dolls for you, princess. You mean that this doll's hair is yours? And the clothes are from your father's cloth? asked the princess. Yes, princess, answered Takatuliang. My father died, and this is the only piece of cloth, indeed the only thing I in the world that he left for me. Princess Sangyang Mapel was very touched to hear this, as was her father. Turning to his daughter, quietly the king asked, My dear, have you made your choice? Who will be your husband? Only Takatuliang has proven his love. I choose him, answered the princess. All of the princes and merchants were shocked. My lord, this is not fair, they shouted. Why has Princess Sangyang Mapel chosen him? Why has she refused our expensive gifts and accepted a simple, ugly wooden doll? King Simbao was a wise man, and he calmly spoke to the enraged shooters. I agree with my daughter's choice. Your presents have no real value. All of you have many all of you have many of the items you presented, and yet you chose to bring only one. Look at Takatuliang. He brought only one doll, war wrapped in a warm piece of cloth, but has much greater value because he has given everything he has, his own effort, 
his father's simple inheritance, and even his own hair, a true gift from the heart. He has made a sacrifice for love. The princes and merchants were silent. They felt very ashamed. The fabulously expensive jewelry, the magnificent cloth, the goods that they were so proud of had no meaning compared with Takatuliang's simple wooden doll. They gathered up their belongings and left. Takatuliang stayed and married Princess Sangyang Mapel in a grand ceremony. Together, their love for each other grew and grew with each passing day. All right, so let's continue on to Princess Flowerpot. Once upon a time, in the countryside near Osaka, there lived a very beautiful and sweet-natured little girl. Growing up on her father's big estate, she had always been a carefree, playful, and happy child. Recently, however, her days were filled with sadness and worry. Her mother, whom she had loved more than anyone else in the world, had suddenly become very, very sick. One night, the little girl went to her mother's bedside and said, Mama, when are you going to get better? You mustn't worry about me, replied the gentle lady. I may have to leave you soon, but I'll be going to a wonderful place, and someday we'll be together again. But I don't want you to go, Mama. The lady's eyes filled with tears. Who will look after my little girl when I'm gone, she thought. Later, as she lay in bed, unable to sleep, she decided to ask Kanon, the, god of, the goddess of mercy, for help. Kanon, she prayed, I'm not afraid to die, but if I do, what will become of my little girl? How can I be certain no harm will come to her? She prayed on and on until, at last, well past midnight, she fell asleep. And as soon as she did so, the goddess appeared to her in a dream. If you want your daughter to be safe and happy, Kanon said, cover her, cover her head with a flower pot. Cover her head with a flower pot? It was an unusual piece of advice, to say the least. But the mother didn't doubt the wisdom of the goddess's words for a moment. When she awoke, she found a large flower pot, placed it over her daughter's head, and prayed once again for the child's happiness. It was only a few days later when the dying woman called for her little girl and whispered weakly, The time has come for me to go to heaven, dear. Never forget how your mother loves you. Mama, cried the little girl, please don't leave me alone. But in the next instant, her mother was gone. How lonely the girl was from that day on. Her father was so busy that she rarely even saw him. Only once in the weeks following the funeral did he come to his daughter's room. And then it was only to say, let's take off that silly pot, shall we? Pull as he might, however, the flower pot wouldn't come off. He called for his servants, but none of them could loosen it either. It was stuck fast to the little girl's head. And that's the way it stayed. Before long, everyone became used to it, and even her father took to calling her flower pot. One day, when she was nearly grown up, she came to a pier beside a river. She walked to the edge of the pier, sighed, and bowed her head. Mother, she prayed, I'm sorry, but I can't go on like this. I want to be with you. Please show me the way to heaven. And with that, she threw herself into the icy stream, when he bothered to speak to her, that is. One day, he came home with the lady the girl had never seen before. Flowerpot, he said, this is your new mother. You are to honor and obey her. Is that clear? Flowerpot nodded and bowed. But the lady simply shook her head and scowled. Disgusting little creature, she hissed. What is that ridiculous thing on her head? That wasn't a very good start. And as time went by, Flowerpot's cold-hearted stepmother only came to despise her more. Finally, on a freezing winter's day some months later, she summoned her servants. I want you to get rid of her, that horrid little girl, she told them. Take her somewhere far, far away and don't bring her back. 
poor flower pot. That very day she was left all by herself on a, in a snowy wilderness miles and miles from home. Then on, From then on, she had to wander through the countryside, penniless and alone, and having that pot stuck to her head would, didn't help. Wherever she went, mean little children teased her, and older people pointed and laughed. <laughs> What's that, a walking flower pot? <laughs> Somehow or other, the girl managed to survive. But her life was so miserable that the, that as the years went by, she began to wish she'd never been born. But what, you, but what do you think happened? The flower pot floated to the surface and held the girl's head above the water as she was swept helplessly along by the current. She floated downstream all night before she was washed ashore to lie in the mud, exhausted. And that's where she was some hours later when a handsome young prince came by riding with his servants. The prince spotted the girl and ordered his men to rescue her. Then, once he saw that she was safe and warm, he approached and spoke to her gently. He asked her where she was from and what she was called and, of course, why she was wearing a flower pot. But the girl only stared at the ground and made no reply. Well, if you haven't anywhere to go, and I suspect you haven't, said the prince, you can stay at our castle and work for us. So from that day, Flowerpot became a servant of the prince's family. The prince's father, a great samurai, was pleased to see how hard she worked, and even the other servants grew quite fond of her. But the girl kept to herself and told no one her sad story. One evening, Flowerpot was cleaning a storeroom when she came across an old 13 strange koto. Thinking back to the happy days when she used to play the koto with, for her mother, she knelt down on the floor and began to pluck the strings quietly. It so happened that the young prince was walking down the hallway just then, and he stopped to listen. He had never heard the koto played so beautifully before, and when he walked into the room to see who the musician was, he couldn't believe his eyes. Flowerpot, was that really you? Why, you play the koto like a princess, he exclaimed, sitting down beside her. You know, Flowerpot, I've always had a feeling about you. You're not just an ordinary servant girl, are you? Please tell me who you are and where you're from. Shyly, hesitantly, the girl began her tale. Her story astonished the prince. Her gentle way of speaking touched his heart and, much to his own surprise, he found himself falling in love. That night, the prince went to see his parents. Mother, father, he announced, I've decided to marry. Why, that's wonderful, son. I'm sure we can arrange a splendid match for you. That won't be necessary. I'm going to marry the girl I found by the river. What? A servant who happened to overhear this rushed to Flowerpot to tell her the news. The prince, she gasped? The prince wants to marry me? Surely, th she thought, it must be a mistake. Or a cruel joke. Who would want a bride with a flowerpot stuck to her head? Later, as she strolled through the garden deep in thought, Flowerpot heard voices coming from the house. Over my dead body, the prince's father was shouting. I'll never allow you to marry such a girl. Please think it over, son, came his mother's voice. There are so many nice young ladies you can choose from. But the prince insisted he would marry no one but Flowerpot. Then you won't marry anyone at all, roared his father, growing angrier by the moment. When Flowerpot realized how upset the prince's parents were, she felt it was all her fault and decided to leave the castle altogether. He feels sorry for me, that's all, she thought. Soon he'll forget I ever existed. But as Flowerpot stole through the garden toward the front gate, the prince stepped outside and spotted her. Where are you going, he cried, hurrying down the steps from the porch. You mustn't leave. You're all I want in this world. The prince ran to Flowerpot and caught her by the hand. But his father came running down the steps after him. 
I told you I'd have no more of this nonsense, he yelled at his son. If you won't forget the wench, then by heaven, I'll have her head. And with that, he drew his long, sharp sword and stepped toward the girl. No, father, get out of the way, boy. The father pushed his son aside and raised his sword high over his head. That's when it happened. The flower pot began to glow with a blinding, brilliant light. And a moment later, as if by magic, it shattered and fell to the ground in a million pieces. The prince and his father stared in amazement. The flower pot no one had ever been able to budge was suddenly gone. And now, for the first time, they saw the girl's face. Flower pot, stammered the prince. You, you really are a princess. His father, too, was stunned by flower pot's dazzling beauty. Young lady, he said, I owe you an apology. I can think of no one who would make a better bride for my son. Please accept his offer of marriage. So Flowerpot married her prince, and of course, she lived happily ever after. And come to think of it, if it hadn't been for Canon's strange advice, none of this would have ever happened. All right, so that brings this episode to an end. Thank you everyone so much for listening. Till our next adventure. Bye, Grimlinks.